Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Uh, we're continuing our series with it's called Expecting. And the very first week, we, we learned that we expect great things. And we talked about expectations. And sometimes our expectations may be too high. But other times, we don't expect enough because we've been let down. We don't expect enough because we had some hard trials and failures in our lives. And last week, did Trey do an awesome job last week or not? Come on, come on. He was talking about our stable moments. And I'm not talking about the moments you feel unstable. Oh, that was supposed to be a better joke than that. But he talked about those stable moments in our lives. And, and when it doesn't look like what we expected, how do we react? Do we run from it? Do we get caught up in looking at your stable that you miss, that there is a God inside of that stable? So many people probably went by that little stable and didn't realize the miracle that was going on inside of that. Let's learn to embrace the stable moments in our lives and because God is doing something bigger, way bigger than we see sometimes in our own lives. Sometimes in our own lives, we, we start to diminish our own self. But let me tell you what, start choosing those, big, those small victories in life. It, so many times we try to look at the big stuff, but God's doing something little in your life right now. Embrace that. Who's excited about Christmas? All 12 of you, you're excited about Christmas. <sighs> How many have actually videotaped Hallmark Christmas movies? Well, video, I just told myself, recorded, sorry. I'm, that's, you, know, you can get on the internet and look at that if you want to. But I'll pray for you guys that do record these Hallmark uh, movies. You know how they go. There's the same one small town girl. Goes back home. She's success. And she meets this guy who is in high school. And they, get, they fall in love. And she lay, lays everything down to come back to, to you, know the, you know the story, don't you? We start watching one. And she gets mad at me because I, I'm already trying to tell her the ending of the story because I know it. How many people like Christmas music? That's good. You know, the worst Christmas song, well, one of the least favorite Christmas songs is Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. How many of you heard that 47 times already? At least that many times? When we start thinking about Christmas music, they start playing it in like, sometimes mid-October, you know, I'm like, come on, I, I, can, I can handle it just enough if you start playing it after Thanksgiving. But if you start thinking about the songs, you know, there's songs about Jesus, of course. There's songs about Mary, and there's songs about shepherds, and even wise men got a song. But what about Joseph? We don't know much about Joseph. You know, he's only mentioned seven times in the Bible. There's not much in history that talks about him this morning, so we're going to talk about Joseph in Expecting series. Let's go. The title of my message is Expect the Unexpected. Matthew 1.18 says this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to, mar to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man 
One version calls him a just man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. What happens when you have those moments in life and you say, wow, I didn't see that coming. How do you handle life when it throws you curveballs? How do you li handle life when you get the unexpected things that come off? Here's what happened with Joseph. You had a human view. He was probably angry, right? Hmm. Look at this, what happened to me right here. He was hurt. He could have said to this, well, this woman has betrayed me. He was heartbroken and he was humiliated. You know what? He says, I can't even be seen in public because look what's happening to me. And you know, he knew people could do the math. So all of a sudden, he's got all of this stuff trying to build up into the family. And you know what? Here's the thing about this. If he married her, he could even be cut off from his own family during those times. So there was a lot of unexpected things that were happening in his life. He had every right to feel that way. He had every right to divorce her. Our flesh says run when it gets hard. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Our flesh says run when it gets hard. And culture says I got to get even with them. Those are the things that you know he must have faced in his human view of what was going on around him. He could have wanted revenge. He could have publicly wanted to embarrass her. He, he could have had her banished. And listen, at that time, he could have even had her stoned. But even though he didn't see it coming, even though it didn't turn out the way he expected, Joseph did the unexpected. Why did he do that? Because Joseph was a just man. There was something different about Joseph that made him see things so much differently than what everybody else saw. Joseph had integrity. Do we know what that word is? Joseph had integrity. That's a strong moral principles. It's doing the right thing. It's standing up for what you believe. And integrity is doing the right thing when no one else is looking. Oh, come on, it's easy to do the right thing when everybody sees you and when you post it on Facebook. Well, where are you at in those deepest, darkest places? Don't go there, Pastor Rich. Come on, having a baby. You know what? Sometimes the, the old thing of getting married is out there, being a father, and sometimes men just don't show up in the culture we're seeing today. The generations, not just this generation, but the generations past are seeing a fatherless generation for men who are not standing up for their rightful place or where they're supposed to be. He did the right thing. Integrity is doing the right thing when no one's watching. I know I said that. It's easy to publicly serve God. Easy to do those things when everybody's watching. But it's those moments when it's just you and the Holy Spirit. No one else around. And you know what integrity also is? It's also internal consistency. Being consistent, being the same regardless of the situation. Being the same, not being angry or moody. Come on, we got any moody people in the house this morning? Oh, not my wife, she's never moody. She's Mindy, but not Moody here. And how, how many of us make rash decisions all the time? Not all the time. We are not perfect, but we are to strive for perfection. That's what the Bible says. We're also to strive for consistency. Because you know why? Consistency is the key to breakthrough. When you, listen to what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said. He was a three-time national champion. He's the all-time all scorer in the NBA. He says, doing the right thing at the right time, it may be just the little things, 
But usually they make a difference between winning and losing. Come on, it's not doing, so many times we try to change all the big things in our life. We try to, oh my gosh, if I could just do this or, or if I could do that. And we forget little things are the big things. Your success is usually found in your daily effort. You want a lifestyle change? I want to lose some weight, but I can't quit eating. I can in Jesus' name. We want to do a lifestyle change. We want to do something about our weight. We want to do something about our finances. But sometimes we, we neglect our spiritual life. And sometimes the small things like getting up and giving God an extra five minutes of your day, making room for him when he's asking, come on, your prayer life and your, and your reading. And it all makes a big difference when you're trying to be consistent with God. No matter how much you believe you're doing the right thing, no matter how much you try, no matter how good your intentions are, chances are something is someone or something is going to disagree with you. Come on, you don't always have it your, have it your way like Burger King. They won't see it the same way too. But let me tell you this, you have zero control over how someone else feels or thinks. But you can control sometimes, but you can control over how you react and deal with your emotions. This is a personal and an invitational decision. To change the world, we must change us. Come on, we want to we tackle the world. We want to go take on hell with a squirt gun, but we want to change anything about us. Help me, Jesus. Doing the right thing is not just a message. It's an action. It's something we have to take action upon. Look at Matthew 120. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. The word says, as he thought. Another version said, as he considered it. How do you react when you're angry? How do you react when you're hurt? How do you react when you just didn't see it coming and you have to deal with it? This is what Psalm says about it. Psalms 4.4 says, don't let sin, don't sin by letting anger control you. How many of you all messed that one up about a thousand times? Come on, every hand in the place is going up right now. Think about it overnight, sometimes weeks, and remain silent. I know, that's me. We used to get into fights, and honestly, I would, I, she is stubborn, and I am stubborner. Is that a, is that a word? I am more stubborn. We went sometime, I think one time we went two weeks without really talking. She says three, I think it was two. It was really two. Anyway, but it was like we would make small talk, but there was never anything to talk. We didn't get into deep conversations. And I can't tell you the times I let anger take me to bed. I let anger wake me up in the morning. I let anger control my whole day. I'm gonna tell you something about inner healing and deliverance. It's a good thing to go through that because I released a lot of things that used to keep me bound up and angry all the time. So if you haven't tried that, you're dealing with that. I'm telling you what, you need to make an appointment to do it. Pride could have stopped him from doing what God desired. What if he got angry? Huh. Listen to this part. And he told everybody about it. Oh, I'm about to get in trouble. What if he went around and asked everybody's opinion? Can I just tell you, you can't ask everybody's opinion when you're trying to get 
Because you may not like their opinion, or sometimes their opinion is not the right one for you. But so many times when we're going through something, we find the wrong people to talk to. And before too long, we're a mess. We're a mess because those people can't help you. Uh, Pastor Mindy always says, don't ever, don't ever look this way, but look up. Always go to someone to, that you would want to trade places with, right? Keep your relationship issues private, not on social media. Drives me crazy. If it's more than six sentences long, I'm not reading it anyway. Y'all, amen? Come on, y'all know I me. Mean? If it says continue, you're not continuing because most... Most of the time, it's drama the rest of the way, right? Oh, y'all know what I'm saying. You're telling the truth this morning. Keep matters to yourself. Joseph kept this to himself. And he took it before God. He said, God, if this is what you want me to do, I want to do what you've asked me to do. And take it to a few people that you trust who are on your side. It says, as he thought and he considered it, anyone have thoughts that have controlled you when the unexpected things have happened? When you say, I just didn't see it coming, sometimes life doesn't make sense. Come on, you all have those times when it catches you off guard and, and you're uncomfortable and you don't really know which way to go. But remember this, while you're trying to figure it out, God is trying to work it out. While you're trying to figure it out, God's already got the plan in order and ready to go. But so many times we, we, we limit God to what he can do because we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to do it our own way. And God says, if you'll just step back and let me do it, I got the plans for your life. Can I tell you what the enemy meant for evil? What the enemy, what the circumstances or situations in your life, people and even pain. In your life, God can turn it around for the good. Let me just tell you this. God may be using it for your good because your pain can become your platform. Your trials can become your testimonies. Your purpose can be tied to your promise. So many times we give up because we, we just don't see the very end of it. God said, if you'll just be faithful right here, you'll see where I'm taking you in the future. Obstacles can also become your opportunities. We serve a God of the unexpected. Look what Matthew 55 says. It says, my thoughts are nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Our thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, or my ways far beyond anything you could imagine. It's your personal choice to have faith. God had to take Joseph to a higher place to see the bigger picture. So many times we're trying to see the picture of God, but yet we're still low here and we can't see over top of the circumstances or the situations or the things in your life. God says, I want to get you to a higher place in me. How do you get there? By spending time with him, by allowing him to be the Lord of your life. I'm having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's how we do it. Let God take you above your environments that you're in, the circumstances that you're in. Let him take, take you above the past. We live so much in the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Come on. We live so much back there that we can't get to here anymore. Especially this time of year, we start thinking, well, I wish I would have done this, or if I could have done this better. Or if... Listen, God wants you to be faithful where you're at now and to look forward to where you're going in him. Let's look at this. Matthew 121. And she shall, and she shall have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, 
for he will save his people from their sins. He says, surprise, you're having a boy. And I'm going to tell you what else you're going to do. You don't, no trouble figuring out the name. His name's going to be Jesus. You got to understand that was a big deal in that culture because the men normally named the babies. So there was another obstacle and opportunity he had to get past. He's like, okay, I've got to take this. What would people say when they said, what are you naming your kid? Jesus. Was that your uncle's name or was that somebody in your lineage? No, his name's going to be Jesus. Well, who told you that? Well, there was an angel of the Lord. <laughs> come on, you got to know what Joseph went through. There was an angel of the Lord that just come down in my room one day and said, you're going to name this child Jesus. What do you do when your faith is tested? First thing you do is expect, expecting produces obedience. Mm. Matthew 1, When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. What that shows me is God calls us to lead. He calls us to trust. He calls us to do. Sometimes you just do it anyway. Why, God? Because I said so. God pulled out the, the parent card like when I was going, because my, cause, cause my mom, because I said so. God says sometimes you just do it. Sometimes you gotta do it afraid. Sometimes you gotta do it un, not knowing which way or what. That's what faith is. Faith is stepping out and doing the thing that you don't fully understand. God says if you'll do it, I'm gonna carry you to the end of it. Listen, don't expect obedience to produce immediate results. Joseph never saw the ministry of Jesus. He died before Jesus ever, ever started any ministry. He never saw him do anything, all the miracles, all the people gathering around him. He never knew the impact he would have on his son's life. But let me tell you what, Joseph wasn't the main role model in the story. And I want to let you know, there are no small roles in raising kids. How many stepfathers and stepmothers and step-grandparents do we have in here? It's okay to have the play have the part in the play to be the tree. Somebody's got to be the tree. Come on, anybody ever been a tree in the play? Or, well, you wiggle your branches just like, like you're a boss. There are no small roles, seriously. He was Jesus' role model on earth. He taught him. He trained him. Can I just tell you there's more caught than taught? Your kids are going to do what you do. They're going to say what you say. Oh, oh, help us, Jesus. Cain called us a few weeks ago and said that um, Cade was saying a word he shouldn't be saying. Well, where did he hear it from? Because they do like to frequent this word a lot in the house. Your kids will say what they hear you say. They will do what they see you do. He was the ultimate stepfather, and we have a lot of blended families out there right now in this world today. Be the best step-parent you can be. Be the best role model that you can be. Even though their parents may not be the best, you be the best one that you can be because they're looking up to you. Proverbs 13, says this. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. We are expected to leave our kids Leave our grandkids an inheritance. And I ain't talking about how much money you can leave them. It's not just money. There is a spiritual inheritance that you need to pass down to your kids. They need to see you pray. 
They need to see you attend church more than once a month. Ooh, crickets. The average person goes to church not even two times a month. They need, you, they need to be drug, have a drug problem and be drugged to church. They need to see you in the word daily. They need to see mommy and daddy actually acting like they like each other. Come on, you got time when you don't like, you don't like her, do you? I like her most of the time. She's up here in this sparkly shirt looking good, so I like her, I like her a lot today. <laughs> but we have to work hard. We have to show our kids how to work anymore. We gotta be, pol- I've said this before, polite and courteous anymore. Teach your kids how to say yes, ma'am, no, sir, and open the door for a lady when she's... open a door for anybody that's in front of you. It ain't just the lady. Okay, I had to throw that one in there. Number two, expecting brings humility. Joseph was humble. Trey hit on this last week. Humility goes against our very nature. It moves against our prevailing culture because we live in a very selfish world nowadays. It's all about us. It's all about me. It's a dog-eat-dog world that's climbed the ladder as fast as you can and don't worry about who you're going to step all over to get there. But culture trains us that position is everything. But what does 1 Peter say? It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You want the promotion you've been looking for at work? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And you know what? When you humble yourself to your boss, you may, you, may end up get, you may end up getting something you've been looking for all this time. So many times we try to get that, 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 that next best thing, and God said, just stay right here where you're at and humbly and let me get where you're going. We live in an upside-down kingdom because the word says this, the first will be last, and the last are going to be first. So you're trying to get first, you've got to be in first place, you need to go to the back of the line sometimes. The Bible says to me, can you imagine Jesus is on the Sermon of the Mount and he's saying all these things, the meek are gonna inherit the world. The disciples are like, what is this dude talking about? He's saying the least are gonna be greatest in the kingdom. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else and I'll add it all unto you. They were probably going, that doesn't make any sense. The things of God sometimes just don't make sense. But you know what happened? Well, he instilled that in Jesus. He learned to be humiliated. He learned humility, and he learned how to be humble because he wasn't the show. And it rubbed off on Jesus because guess what? Jesus was the greatest servant, and he pointed everything to God. He was always looking up to God and saying, because my father allowed this, and because my father does this, he showed great humility. Servanthood is the best hood. That's Pastor Mindy's for culture, so get signed up for culture if you want to hear her say that. Number three, expecting creates honor. Joseph was honorable. Look at Matthew 125. But he did not have sexual relationships with her until the son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. No one told Joseph not to consummate the marriage. No one had to tell him. Because he wanted to leave no doubt He wanted to leave no doubt in anybody's mind 
that this was the son of God. They didn't want anybody to say, this is the son of Joseph. No, this is the son of God. So he abstained himself. He pulled himself away from his wife. As soon as they said, I do, he could have did. But he didn't. Joseph honored the holiness that was inside of her, his wife. So listen, because Joseph was honorable, because he had integrity and he was humble and obedient, it rubbed off on Jesus. Man, you could see. You may, not have, you may not have heard much about Joseph seven times in the Bible, but what he did in those formative years really made an impact on Jesus too. Expecting, listen to me, makes you stay even when you don't want to. Joseph never walked away. He had every right to be, as you heard me say just earlier. He, he was disgraced. He, he had all the rights to be angry, but he never walked away, and he risked everything to stay. Come on, God is looking for that in some of us right now, not just in marriages, not just in everything. He's looking for us to have a staying power. God, I don't know what is gonna happen and all hell may be breaking loose in my life, but I'm gonna stay right here until you show me what's going on. Joseph chose to believe the unbelievable. He was willing to lose a lot. He was willing to lose basically everything to follow the direction God wanted him to go in. He stayed. But you know what? We walked away. Jesus stayed on that cross. The word says he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called 10,000 angels to pull him off that cross, but he stayed because he knew there'd be a time in 2023 in a small church in Louisville, Kentucky, that you all would be. He stayed on that cross for you. God chose his greatest gift. And in his greatest gift, he stepped into humanity because we had no hope. Expecting makes you love beyond the hurt. Joseph loved beyond the embarrassment. He loved beyond the hurt. He loved beyond the dis disappointment. But listen, we hurt God and God showed compassion to us. We were in darkness and God sent the light of the world for you. Sometimes you just gotta take it personal. So many times we forget that God, if it, if it had only been one person, he would have done it for that one. Sometimes you gotta take it personal. He died for you. He loves you more than you ever know. Let's all stand if we would, please. Today, not next week, today, and you that are watching later on, you have a choice to make. Will this just be another Christmas season where we have presents and food and family and stress? Will it just be another season to come and go and say, okay, yeah, that Christmas was nice. I'm looking forward to next time. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take this Christmas to choose the unexpected life that God has for us? 
And the thing you can start by doing is accepting the free gift that he gave to us some 2,000 years ago, the gift of Jesus, the gift of salvation. Listen, when you give, make Jesus your Savior, you don't give up anything. Oh, come on. I grew up, man, you could, when you got saved, you had to give up everything. Well, yeah, there's gonna be some times when you're walking with Jesus and the Holy Spirit's gonna tap you and go, uh, not that. Stop here, go there. But let me tell you what, you don't give up any, everything, you gain everything when you come to Jesus. When you accept that gift of salvation, you get the greatest gift. Maybe you've come to expect disappointment in your life. Maybe you've come to, uh, to expect depression and discouragement. It's always gonna be this way. I got good news for you today that we serve a God of the unexpected, that when you walked in here one way, you don't have to leave the other way. Somebody earlier le is leaving differently just because of the encounter we had about 30 minutes ago. You don't have to leave here the same. You don't have to leave here depressed and down and discouraged and busted and disgusted. You don't gotta leave that way. God says, just come and lay it, make room, lay it at the altar. Today, this season, you can give him the best gift, and that's the gift of you. That's the gift of your life. Listen, you might, it, not, it might not be wrapped in the prettiest, prettiest uh, paper. God, how can I bring myself to you? Because look at me. I don't even have a ribbon on, and I got just this crusty stuff. It's supposed to have glitter, but I don't feel like glittering today. God says, I want you to come just the way you are. Don't worry about how dirty you are. God says, I, Holy Spirit says, I'm the one that'll clean you up. Come on, that's a word. Somebody been trying to clean yourself up. Holy Spirit says, quit trying to do my job. This morning, if you would, just bow your head. The altars are gonna be open. There'll be people on the left and the right. And I want you just to pray this prayer after me and say, God, I thank you for sending the gift of Jesus. I choose today to accept that gift. I ask you to forgive, ask you to heal. I ask you to strip away anything that keeps me from you. I believe that you are the answer and today I give myself to you. Listen, if you made that commitment, there's a yellow card, connect card in the seat back. If you made that commitment to rededicate your life or give your life to Jesus, if you would just check that off and take it out to the welcome bar. We wanna walk with you through this process. We wanna help you get through this. These altars are gonna be open during this song and today I'm gonna remind us to be like Joseph. Let's be obedient to what Holy Spirit is saying today right now. Let's be humble, let's walk in humility. Let's not be worried about what everybody else is thinking or looking at because let me tell you something, you can get free by walking up here. Let's lay down our pride this morning. And let's also honor God, not just in Christmas, but let's honor him throughout the whole year. I'm gonna ask something that's gonna be very uncomfortable. I would like to have all the men that would just come to the front and stand around this altar. I know, guys. You call the girls and you don't even gotta get a pie to get girls up here. 
praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is, not re this is not sexist or anything. God has called us to be the priests of our homes. And the problem that we've had in the culture we live in today is men have kind of shrunk back and they've taken a different role, let's say. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray over each and every one of you to be the best men, to be the best fathers, be the best stepfathers, step-grandparent that you can be. I'm gonna pray that God is gonna give you the power and the strength to take over in your home. And I'm not saying submit to me, woman. I'm talking about be that example in your home. Now your wife, will, she's told me many times I wanted to lead, but you wasn't leading very well. Sometimes the, our wives and our significant others want us to lead just so they, because they wanna follow us. Father, we come to you right now and we thank you for all these men standing up around this altar. Thank you for the men of this church. God, I pray right now that we're gonna raise up a generation of men in this next year to take their rightful place in their homes, to be the leaders and the examples to their kids and their wives that they can be. Father, I speak blessings over every man standing around this altar right now. I speak right now a blessing, not only in finances, but, but in everything that they set their hand to do, God, I pray that you would do that. God, I pray for healing in marriages right now. I pray, Father, right now that, that you would just be that example to these men. God, I pray that they would have a hunger for you to, in your word a hunger for you in prayer, a hunger for you to follow you and go with you and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ when people ask, why are you different? So Father, we come to you and we thank you that these men are standing here this morning. We ask you to bless them and bless them big. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.